Well, our good friend, Dr. Stuart Ditchick, is here in our studio. Aside from being somebody who can tell you every detail of the Siegel family medical history over the last 25 years, in addition to that, he finds time <laughs> to be the medical director at an establishment called Jay Padable. You'll also remember that he is the founder, he might say co-founder, I'm not 100% sure, but the founder of Kids of Courage, and they are celebrating a milestone 10th anniversary as they have really set themselves up and apart as one of the uh, preeminent and most incredible organizations when it comes to taking care of um, youngsters in our community who have very, very, very serious illness and doing adventurous, exciting, amazing trips with them and fulfilling dreams that would never be fulfilled if not for KOC. Dr. Stuart Ditchick, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Good morning, Nachum. Thank you for that kind introduction. And I it's going to be quite a summer for the Kids of Courage coming up. Yeah, we're going first ever trip to Las Vegas, boy, Nevada. Oh boy. Boy, oh boy. Lake Las Vegas. Think and they're ready for you guys over there? No. they are. Well, first of all, we had a challenge finding the only hotel in Las Vegas that has no gambling. <laughs> uh, the Westin Lake Las Vegas. It's just outside Vegas. And the most exciting part of the trip is one of the great uh, people I've ever met in my life, David Copperfield, is doing a standalone show, an add-on show just for Kids of Courage. And on, this is obviously public information already. It is, yeah. David is, uh, he lives part-time here in New York, part-time in Vegas. He's been kind, as you can imagine. He's doing it pro bono. Not only is he doing an add-on show, he's opening up the remainder of the seats in his theater to anybody who wants to purchase those seats on the day we're doing it, August 7th, that we're doing the 4 o'clock show. Normally there is no matinee show. And uh, he's giving the proceeds to Kids of Courage for Unbelievable. the he sells on top of it. So in all seriousness, if somebody would be braving the 100-degree heat and would be vacationing in Vegas August 7th, not a crazy week to vacation after Nakamu and everything, right. they seriously could, could, through Kids of Courage, could, could have seats to that event. They could, and they could even come spend Shabbos with us in Lake Las Vegas. Uh, You'd make it a package can, deal, Dr. We'd Dichon. make it a package deal, yes. They can come as donors, and we always welcome donors to our trips, and uh, we would love to have families join us in the hotel. It's a gorgeous resort hotel. It's absolutely beautiful. And uh, our staff is working tirelessly to create a unique adventure, as they always do. And we're doing a lot of stuff indoors, apparently, in Vegas. There's a lot of things right. to do indoors. No, there's a lot indoors. There's yeah. even an indoor amusement park. Right. I think more thing. than one, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. Pretty so, cool. And it's exciting. We uh, A lot of kosher uh, food, although we bring our own caterer for the trip, right? And it's great. We're very excited, and we're grateful to the communities that support us to allow us to do it. You can always search Kids of Courage, everybody, and see what they're what they're up to over there. You guys never stop. You always think of something innovative and creative for the young people of Kids of Courage. In addition to that, Dr. Dietrich has, thank God, a very successful and uh, long time practice in uh, Brooklyn, New York. Uh, as I said, you could give Siegel medical history. Uh, I think that would be pretty boring, frankly, thank God. It is boring. Your kids are boring, but what I always say about the Siegel kids, they are the tallest kids in the practice, but they're also, uh, and I say this sincerely, they're always delightful, they're respectful. Uh, with two working parents, now that they're older, they come on their own. Right. And I have to say, every time they come, I'm more and more impressed with how their their Derek Eretz and their their sense of humor is unique and it's really remarkable and a compliment to you and Stacy for how they were raised. Well, I appreciate that, and you remember them when? 
But but I will say yes that you oh by the way visit to the Lower East Side of Manhattan you really remember them when right when you used to do that to twenty yeah, years ago I don't want to tell anybody right. but we did a number of house calls <laughs> right. although there was what in it for me because in those days you had the kosher Bialy place <laughs> right. and uh, always stopped at Mister Pickle and the kosher Bialy place and the most important thing we should mention of course is that they even though they may be among the tallest they're the only kids who complain they're not tall enough to you. <laughs> That is true. Which I always get a kick out of telling people. Yeah, and it's, it's true. It, my nurse has to actually, this is a true story, she has to get up on the little step that comes out of the exam table to measure them. It's hilarious. So there you go. Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem, all of it. And behind her, everybody should continue to progress forward. So you, and, and again, again, your, your list of, uh, of positions and influence in the uh, community, our community, the medical community, etc., uh, is amazing. We've discussed so many different things from your book and your practice and so many different, and Kids of Courage, etc. Today you bring us something called J-Paddable. Uh, if there's one thing that parents and young people who are set to get married, who are in Shadokim, as the expression goes, want to know, is, is God forbid, is there is there a potential medical problem down the road when this couple, this potential couple has children, right? That's one Correct. of the greatest concerns. And over the years, things have developed to allow us to learn certain things about these people, about these young people who want to be, you know, matched up, who want to be, uh, again, eventually a couple. And uh, and there have been systems in place. You, with Jay Padable, according to this, it's the first ever fully informed premarital Jewish genetic screening and matching program. Correct. And that means that there's only been a limit till now of the number of things that have been checked for, that have been screened for. So you, in your program have a much larger number of Correct. things that are screened for. That's number one. And number two, you actually do share not each other's information, but you do share with each individual young man or young lady the, the results of their screening, which could help them both in the marital area and in other areas, right? Correct. So this is really a first ever of its kind program. The Most of us are familiar with uh, previous programs where Results are, are not discussed or, right. or not openly. They just tell you, are you a good match or not a good Correct. match? Correct. And now things have changed in dramatic ways in the last few years. And what's changed is our ability to screen much more efficiently with DNA sequencing primarily and PCR technology uh, for a much larger number of tests, less expensively. And uh, with the results that come through, first of all, the testing uh, is no longer done primarily by blood testing. It's done by salivary or saliva testing. Mm. It can be done in the comfort of your own home. Uh, our program works by ordering a kit online once you fill out your questionnaire with your genetic background information. How old do you have to be? You have to be 18 years and older to participate in the program. Our partner, uh, we have a formal partnership with J-Screen and Emory University, uh, J-Screen is the leading Jewish genetic screening program in the world. Uh, they currently run a fully informed program, slightly different than J-Padable. Uh, the difference is that J-Padable, we work through halachic uh, guidance mm -hmm. and through Das Torah. Uh, so uh, our program, which currently, by the way, is, the, is being introduced in the Sephardic community as well. We've got a full Sephardic rabbinical advisory board headed up by Rabbi David Ozeri and Rabbi Eli Mansour and oh, wow. a number of other very prominent Sephardic Rabbanim. On the Ashkenaz side, we also have leading Das Torah. Uh, and we made a decision to only screen for what's called recessive disease genes, meaning there has to be a contributing gene 
from each partner in order to put the family at risk, God forbid, for having a child with a genetic disorder. J-Screen is a wonderful program and our partner, but they also screen for what's called X-linked diseases, which are single gene diseases, where one individual can carry a gene that causes a disease in a child, God forbid. We do not screen for single gene diseases because, because we do not want to stigmatize any individual person. Now, once you get, you enroll online, you get... And there's no danger when it's coming from only one side that... Any, correct. That, My, you, you can be a carrier for 100 things as long as your partner or, or spouse is not a common carrier right. for the same gene disorder, there is no risk or right. very little risk. My children were rescreened under J. Padable in recent uh, months and years. And over the last two years, we screened when the programs, other programs expanded their panels. Uh, and my children, actually, we found four carrier states that we had no idea existed in our family. Wow. Uh, thank God their spouses were not common carriers for the same disorders. And so nothing to fear. Nothing but, to fear at but, all. But There's, a good piece of information to know. It's important to know. Now, once you en- enroll online... A few days later, you get a confirmation from one of our genetic counselors from Emory University, from J-Screen. They send out a saliva kit in the mail. It's a simple spit test or saliva test. Uh, It comes with a return envelope. It's very easy to use with very good instructions. Three weeks later, uh, our genetic counselor will report to you directly a complete result, which you can then have in your possession and you can pass on to your obstetrician when you do family planning to make sure that you don't have any specific carrier states uh, or ones that they need to be aware of. Right. Uh, the, now, what we do on the compatibility matching is once you know who you're going to marry or you, you want to think about marrying, uh, you simply call J. Padable. You have a unique user number. And uh, we do comparisons between both spouses or potential spouses to see if they're at risk for any common carrier uh, genes. Uh, we never discuss carrier states one to the other. In other words, right. uh, with Maishi, we discuss his uh, right. issue. With Shalamis, we discuss her issues, but we never reveal to Maishi right. what Shalamis's issues are and vice versa. Now, each of so them- it's the best of both worlds. You're doing, the, you're doing the matching recommendation. In addition, you're providing individual information to that single Correct. person. And fully, uh, full genetic counseling, which means you must understand your results. And we live in a society today, thank God, where the Jewish community is the most sophisticated medical consumers in the world. And that's why it's critical that they get the results, because they need to understand it to prevent catastrophes. I can't tell you how often I I used to lecture when I was the medical director for the Jewish Genetic Disease Consortium, uh, which was a non-religious but a great organization, one of my jobs was giving Grand Rounds lectures to obstetricians all over the country. And I would, I would start my lecture by asking the obstetricians if they were aware which panels, which tests uh, their Jewish patients were tested for. Most of the obstetricians at the time had no idea which tests they had. They would simply ask the patient, did you have genetic screening? Uh, Primar- oh, yes, I did. What did you have? They'd give them the name. And they wouldn't know which tests they were tested for. Right. Many mistakes can be made by the doctors as well when they don't know. Here, they walk into their obstetrician with a list, and it covers 212 carrier states. 212 carrier states, which is a phenomenally, uh, a very conscientious number. Some programs, like Mount Sinai, offer as many as 280, which includes the X-Link. Uh, right. We do not do X-Link right. carriers. Dr. Stuart Ditchig is here. So, for instance, 
when I got married in 1989 and got tested, it is likely that I had about a tenth or less, 10% or less of the number that you're saying now. Much less than 10%. Right, even In even 1989, you were probably tested for three or four and then the most. And then told one piece of information that you are a... A, a an acceptable match with your future wife. Correct. And for the time right. in 1989, now that was now acceptable. It's 2018. In 2018, with DNA sequencing technology, it is no longer acceptable right. to say I'm only going to get tested for a limited number of diseases. Get tested for the correct amount right. and avoid disasters. By the way, you said earlier off the air that I would understand this. I'm proud of myself that I'm actually getting this, uh, <laughs> which I hope our <laughs> listeners are as well. Um, of the 212, 280, you said... All, all, 212. Right, 12, but you so. mentioned that there's more in certain cases or, or that others you know, right. test for even more. Of those 200, let's say, round number, of those 200, how many are really common? How many would you say you, Dr. Dietrich, have seen cases of it in your career? The vast majority of Jewish genetic disorders are rare enough that most of them still fall under the category of rare diseases, right. thank God. Right. Uh, some of the carrier states, Gaucher disease, for instance. G-A-U-C-H-E-R. G-A-U-C-H-E-R, one of the disease groups of which I treat. And for full disclosure, I'm on the Speakers Bureau right. of the Sanofi Pasteur Genzyme uh, Gaucher Initiative. Because to, that's the company that has the medicine the, One of the companies helps. that treats it. Right. Gaucher disease is one of the diseases that when you do carrier screening, you actually can identify affected people who may be naive to the disease because Gaucher is a disease that can affect in the severe forms as young as childhood. In the, in the later forms can only be noticed once they're well into adulthood. Right. And then it can be a very severe disease. Now, that disease is fully treatable with one pill a day. Today, it's one treatment with uh, medication, one pill a day for a lifetime, and they will live many, many years very healthy. Uh, that carrier state is one in twelve to fifteen. <coughs> excuse me, Ashkenazic Jews. There are so other. You've seen those cases. Oh, I have. I treat Gaucher disease. And w by the way, when you treat them early enough, you will virtually never know they have the disease. Right. We have children who we've treated before the age of twelve who will never have symptoms of Gaucher disease because they've been treated preemptively. They'll be early. like any other kid. Correct. Now there are also children who've been undertreated because they were not discovered right. on time or, or adults who get very sick very early in life. Uh, now, there are other diseases where the carrier states are one in 120 Ashkenazic or Sephardic Jews. Now, those are rare diseases, very rare. Some of them I've seen once. Some of them I've never seen. Give me an but, example. What have you uh, seen once? Uh, well, Kostev syndrome in Ashkenazic is less common, but in Sephardim it is mm. common. There, there's a lot of diseases that are extremely rare. Uh, ML mucolipidosis type 4 is a relatively rare carrier state. However, I've seen cases of ML4. I had a family with two children with ML4 in my practice. Is Gaucher exclusive to Ashkenazim, or you've seen No, these? Gaucher is so not exclusive. across the board. Now, most of our, these diseases are not exclusive to Ashkenazim or Sephardim, to be quite honest. And the reason is there's been a lot of mixed ancestry right. over the last five or six generations. Good point, right. Now, so we test, by the way, we don't differentiate Sephardic or Ashkenazi. We test everybody for all of the common mutations between the two so communities. this piece of news about i i just want to say yeah. one thing yes about rare yes even if there's a carrier state of one in 120 or one in 80 right it is a relatively rare time that you'll find another carrier who has a one in a 
120 right. carriers. State. But if you're that individual who finds the other one, and we've had those, there's a one in four chance with each pregnancy you will have a baby with that terrible disorder. Right. So being a rare carrier does not mean that it shouldn't be tested for. It simply means it's less likely to be found in the individual. Dr. Stuart Ditchick is here. So when you announce this special relationship, I don't know exactly the term, with the Sephardic community, it's simply that they, that their uh, rabbinic advisors have now welcomed you into their community to, just like you've been doing in other uh, uh, segments of the community to now uh, undergo this testing for everybody and to Correct. provide this testing for everybody in their community. So to date, the Sparta community has not had formal testing right. premaritally. Uh, two years ago, I was contacted by Rabbi David Ozeri, who's one of the leaders in the Sparta community, a wonderful individual who's, who's a great leader for the community. And we were seeing cases of these horrible genetic disorders starting to pop up within the community because, quite frankly, Sephardic Jews marry within their own communities, right. and we're starting to see more of these carrier diseases that have come out. Uh, and we, he'd been referring me several of those patients, and I said, look, get me in front of a rabbinical board and let's start designing a program. And he asked me, as did the entire rabbinical advisory board, to start doing education within the community so they could learn the important need for testing, and that's what we're doing now. Uh, we started the program very recently, within the last uh, week or two. Sephardic Bikur Holim welcomed me to give a lecture. It's online uh, on their website, a lecture that was given back in February to the community about the need for testing and how the program works. And the Sephardic community is launching this program in a very aggressive way right now. And thank God we've had great response. But the beautiful thing is we have such a very well-rounded rabbinical advisory board, which has guided us along the way because I wanted them to be comfortable with the program. We want them to do it at the level that they have of comfort. And they, the rabbis in the Sephardic community, are highly respected. They recognize the need, and the community respects their wishes. And their wishes are for the benefit of the community. When I was a kid, um, genetic diseases meant one thing, Tay-Sachs. That was what everyone spoke about. Right. Thank is, it, is it still around? No. Well, it's around, but it's very rare. It's mostly a non-Jewish disease actually now because even non-Orthodox Jews get screened generally for Tay-Sachs disease. Uh, because of the Dory Sharon program that started 35 years ago, they did a beautiful job at eliminating the number of Tay-Sachs cases. Wow. That was their, the, the organization, their organization was started because of Tay-Sachs. Uh, Rabbi Eckstein had lost a number of children to Tay-Sachs, and he started the organization targeting that disease. Now, they've expanded their testing panel, but it's a very small panel compared to Jay Padable. But thank God it's rare to see Tay-Sachs. I've only seen in my career three cases of Tay-Sachs disease. Uh, in the non-Jewish world, there are more cases because they do not get screened for it to the extent that we do. Uh, parents, can I just say one thing, please? If you've been listening to the last few minutes of this conversation, there are two very important pieces of information you need to know. Number one, Jay Padable, and you can go to jpadable.com, right, the website, J, literally letter J, padable.com, is testing for um, for worlds more, so many more than we're used to in our community, and really covering 212 carrier disorders. That's number one. Know that in advance. Also know that it's an extremely easy test compared to what had to be done in past uh, in past decades. It's really easy to, to do. All you have to do is go online to jpadable.com, jpadable.com. If you are 18 years old, you're eligible for a kit. You'll get it by mail. 
you're enroll online and you'll be all set to, to get the process going. Uh, so Malcolm, can I just add, if, when people go to the website, yeah. if they could look at the frequently asked questions right. as well, there's about 40 or 50 of them where they can learn a lot more. The other thing, you mentioned the saliva, right. just so you know. Salivary DNA today, if you're familiar, it's completely reliable. If it's not reliable, the testing lab and our reference lab is Council, uh, which is the largest, largest genetics testing lab in the country. Uh, they will know that the test cannot be conducted if, if the specimen is not adequate, right. and they'll request another one. But look at the Gift of Life program, beautiful program. I just Right now we're going through four donors in my practice for Gift of Life. Gift of Life screens for bone marrow transplantation from salivary DNA. Right. That is the current standard right. today. And thank God for folks who don't like having blood drawn, I certainly don't. This is a much easier task. Someone walked up to me last night at a wedding and said, um, and said that we had helped them with a gift of life drive for a relative of his who unfortunately passed away. But he says to me, do you know that from that batch that was tested, 480 people have been saved since then, which Amazing. is unbelievable. The other thing I wanted to mention, the number one, J-Padable, easy process, testing for 212 carrier disorders, uh, make sure your child, your teenager, again, 18, 19 years old, is is doing this test. That's number one. And at some point when it becomes relevant, uh, the organization will inform everybody when requested if the match works, if the couple's a good couple Correct. in this regard. The other very important thing, you walked in this morning with an anonymous report on a, uh, on a, um, a 20-year-old girl in our community. And you said to me, here is why this information is important. Because remember... Till now, our community has been used to being told whether a match is good, but never told individually as singles what we have, what we carry, etc. And you said that this anonymous young lady is is um, what's the word is uh, a carrier, a, a carrier, but tends to uh, will will have a what's the word? I'll explain. It's <laughs> will it, have a tendency to have trouble with anesthesia. With general anesthesia. Correct. Because of this profile that you tested for. Correct, so one of the disease carrier diseases we test for, uh, as all the large, great, you know, the informed genetic programs test for, is pseudocholinesterase deficiency. It's a deficiency of an enzyme that, for people who undergo general anesthesia, if they're deficient in that enzyme, they have a very significant risk of getting sick during general anesthesia when right. they go for surgery. Uh, people who are carrying two genes are at serious risk for having a reaction to general anesthesia. People who carry one gene are at slighter, slight risk, not a great risk, but enough to identify themselves to an anesthesiologist when they go for surgery to right. say, hey, by the way, I am a carrier for pseudocholinesterase deficiency, I think you should know about it because I could have a reaction to general anesthesia. They're important That's of an example of what appears to be a non-fatal carrier disease. But let me tell you, if you're carrying both genes, you need that anesthesiologist needs to know in advance that you are a person affected by that uh, enzyme deficiency. So it, it's a very comprehensive program. That one piece of information right. for this young lady could be very helpful. Could be very helpful, right. and she now has it in her hand, right. and she can give it to her doctor, and she can give it to the anesthesiologist and to the surgeon who operates on her someday, and she can go into surgery with a clear head. So it's just another example. Now that information was given over to that young lady by one of our uh, genetic counselors from J Screen and, and only University. to her. 
Only to and her. Only not her, to her, her prospective husband or to her husband, anybody like that. She will share it with whoever she chooses right. to share it with. Right. Yeah. And in the issue of whether they're compatible as a couple, that's the only piece of information you would give to that's both of them. That's the only thing they need to know. Right. Are you couple compatible? It sounds and like the best of both worlds. It you're, is. You're, you're doing a vast number of screenings. It's incredible. In the hundreds, as you mentioned. And on top of that, every single person gets a report where they have an idea of what they need to the word I was looking for earlier, they tend to, right? They tend to have right. a, a, a problem with, and in this case, and, uh, that, that's extremely helpful. And I just want to add one thing. For couples who, uh, let's say a couple is already married. Right. And now, married couples, if you live in the New York, New Jersey area, the obstetricians are very accustomed to working with uh, Jewish families. Right. There's a lot of Jews who live in these areas right. uh, or in certain other population areas. So couples are, when you show up at your obstetrician, there is really an obligation of the obstetrician to test for a complete genetic panel. Now, many women will tell you they do test, some decline to be tested. Right. But what happens, unfortunately, in pregnancy is they show up pregnant already and they're identified as a carrier. And then in a rush, you have to go test the spouse uh, to see if he's a common carrier. And there's a lot of decisions if they both turn out to be common carriers, decisions of, yeah. God forbid, what to do with the pregnancy, uh, halachic issues that come sure. up. The important thing is that there are options for couples who exist today who are carriers. We're never advising couples who are incompatible to get married. We always warn them you have a genetic right. incompatibility. But for those who are already married, this comes up all the time. And the answer is that halachically, there are decisions that need to be made. I work regularly with Reb David Cohn. Uh, with Rev. Gavriel Sinner, the Nite Gavriel. These are my halachic uh, uh, advisors. Uh, and it's important to know that if you are a common carrier, God forbid, you can go through in vitro fertilization halachically. Uh, and Shari Tzedek, years ago, Rev. Shlomo Zalman Orbach, right. designed that protocol for halachic IVF, if, God forbid, a couple is a common carrier. Unbelievable. Uh, you're doing incredible work, Dr. Dietrich, I'll tell you that much. Jay Padable. All the information, the FAQs, as you mentioned, all there on the website. Go to jpatible, that's J-P-A-T-I-B-L-E.com. Learn more about the uh, the panel tests that they do for 212 carrier disorders. In addition to that, realize that they are doing something revolutionary. In addition to informing couples if they are a prospective good couple medically, in addition to that, they are giving each individual the report on their screening, and that can be extremely helpful with information. I mean, God knows how many different pieces of information, uh, you know, different uh, individuals will be will be receiving just by getting their results and by having them shared with your genetic counselors. Information about all of this, you can call 646-902-9644, 646-902-9644. But again, the easiest way is to head to jpatible.com, J-P-A-T-I-B-L-E.com, and to see the great work that they are doing. Can't thank you enough for being here. Thank you, Nachum. Just uh, three words to end with. Sure. Mika Amcha Yisrael. <laughs> that only only in the Jewish world are we looking out for each other, our brothers and sisters, to try to prevent these things. I, You know, if we had this mechanism in the non-Jewish world, we could be looking at a very different world. But this is the Jews have figured out how to protect each other, and Jay Padable is just one of the ways to do it. And... I appreciate the opportunity to, to try to help, and I appreciate your foresight you know, to look at the program, and, and I hope people will look at it closely. Yeah, now I get it, and it's pretty amazing. And as a parent, you can imagine how much I appreciate it. 
And as a parent, I uh, greatly appreciate you. It's been an amazing quarter of a century so far, Dr. Dietrich. You're, I'm, I'm you're, ready for the grandchildren. <laughs> I'll let the children know your dedication to the Siegel family. And you've, you've taught me a lot over the years. You're, you're still pro-bike helmets, right? I'm pro-bike helmets. Remember that argument we had on the air? Oh, yeah. Liber- yeah. Libertarianism versus bike helmets? I, I think I, I yell at people all the time. Really? Not, not adults. I yell at kids. Who don't let their right. kids have... Yeah, absolutely. Make, or, I, I think it's crazy. I, I think it's absolutely nuts. I... Listen, I've got a lot of new things which we don't have time for. I'll oh, come back. No. Oh, e- no. How about how about smoking e-cigarettes around our kids? We how should not that? be doing of it. Of course not. It's absurd. Uh, th- there's a whole list of things that we're doing around our kids, and letting our kids ride without a bike helmet is like letting them walk on the edge of a building, the ledge of a building without you know without a harness. It's absurd. No parent should let a kid ride without their helmet. My kids, as they grew up. And Lord knows they broke enough helmets by landing on their head. If they dared leave the house without a helmet with their bike, they lost that privilege for a month to ride their bike. That's the way it was. It was a hard, fast rule. You remember an episode where one of your kids actually fell oh, yeah. on one their of, head? One of my kids fell years ago. Hit uh, In Brooklyn, there's a lot of ledges, sure. brick ledges, you know, where gardens are. His helmet hit the ledge. The helmet cracked like a coconut. And he had zero injury. That cracked helmet would have been his skull god forbid so yeah i've seen many helmet prevention injuries sometimes a helmet does not prevent right. an injury i mean listen that's that's right. like life. a seatbelt doesn't always exactly prevent. sometimes they don't but you have a 99 percent right. chance of preventing injury if you're wearing a helmet so yeah and those Boy, parents you snuck in that warning before you left and if you smoke <laughs> any cigarettes around your parents around your kids, kids don't let me catch you, because I will confiscate it, and you can you can call the police on me. You'll break it over your leg right in front of them. <laughs> Any cigarettes around your kids are forbidden. Wow. You're amazing. Thank you so much again. Welcome. Thank you. More coming up eight minutes after 8 o'clock, and it is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com on the Nachum Siegel Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app.